0: Good morning, um, Redeemer King. Uh, my name's Dave Geel. I'm the Padre at Forty Commando's Royal Marines um, down in Somerset. And I'm here this morning um, to, to talk to you um, about remembrance um, and yeah, just share a few thoughts really on what what I think it's all about. Well, I think it's good for us to have a symbol um, and definitely the symbol that we have in this country for Remembrance Day is the poppy. It helps us, when we see that, we kind of think, yep, yeah, that's about war, that's about kind of loss and sacrifice. And we get that poppy um, from um, the fields of, of Northern um, France and, and Belgium, and it's it, they came about during the napoleonic war where the battlefield was all turned up and it was perfect conditions for a poppies to grow and again in the second in the first world war that's what happened it got turned up and the poppies grew and it helps us to remember the blood red helps us to remember that sacrifice but as kind of as christians as well we've got a kind of a, a sign for remembrance to remember what Jesus did, we got the cross, that awful symbol of torture. It helps us to remember what God has done for each one of us. Whether we choose to accept it or not, the cross is there to help us to know that actually there is hope, we can be forgiven, that Jesus' blood was shed for our freedom. Just as those poppies grow as a symbol for freedom, that's what the cross is. I don't know about you, but I kind of, I find it easy to kind of forget things. In fact, I find it so easy to forget things that I had to get married on Christmas Eve, so I wouldn't forget my wedding anniversary. I'm not even joking, that is the truth. I'm rubbish. Um, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my life. So I've not always been, um, well, not always been a Christian. I came to, to faith quite late on, I was 30 years old. Um, And before that, I was a pretty naughty boy. So I I grew up in Bristol, um, on a council estate. Uh, I didn't do very well at school. I hated school, in fact, I was rubbish. And if you can hear those noises now, there's some very naughty Marines zooming up and down on vehicles, so I do apologise for the noise. Um, Yeah, I I hated school, didn't do very well, Um, I got kicked kicked out my first school when I was five years old Um, it was a Church of England school Um, my mum um, was not very well she was kind of quite depressed and so I lived with my grandparents and um, I wasn't very happy really Um, and I got chucked out I stabbed someone in the face um, with a pencil so that was the kind of start of it when my mum went to see the school to find out, you know, what it was all about, they told her they didn't really want children from broken homes in their school. I had this anger, this absolute anger from the, as long as I can remember. As I say, was, I was five then. I hated Christians, and I hated anything to do with Christians. If I could be unpleasant to them, I would. Um, <clears throat> I went on to to secondary school. And I didn't do very well at all there. I left at 15. And there weren't really very many jobs kicking about. I got jobs doing this and that. Um, I was pretty good at ducking and diving, to be honest. Um, But the one thing that I kind of really, really did like, and I really got into it quite a lot, was football. um, And football violence, to be honest. So... I suppose about 16, 17. Um, I was I was going. Well, I started going to football when I was seven. Was my first match. I'm a massive Bristol Rovers fan. Um, I'm sure none of you have even heard of them, but they are my team. And I started going down, and the young lads um, that I used to kick about with, we'd be used by the older boys to um, go spotting for the for them. So we'd go around the pubs looking for the older lads. We'd look on their, we'd look for their cars and their vehicles to try and find out when you had to tax this so we could tell where they were from. And then we'd go back and tell the other lads and be part of a, like an ambush or a, try and draw them out of the pubs. So it would all kick off. Um, things were pretty grim for me. And I think the things that kind of make rem- me remember, um, how bad it was, was, you know, I could never sleep at night. I could, I was always plagued by bad dreams. And it was always the kind of, in the darkest parts of my life that I look back and I see flipping out, I don't ever want to go there again. I don't want to do that. So there are things that kind of make me remember. And things got so bad that I was um, banned from every grand in the country. Um, for 10 years. Thing was I got banned twice because there was a time before computers. So the old Bill didn't remember that he'd already banned me once. So I got banned. Um, I still went, I still went to football. Um, And I got into violence as well, away with England. So I would travel away, I didn't have any money. um, And we would just steal our way through Europe and fight really um, it was really horrible and it and it didn't bring me pleasure I didn't I didn't like it I got to say it was exciting but I was never happy I was never content there was always something missing <clears throat> and I suppose things changed for me um, when I was getting on in years I went to European Championships in Sweden and it was all gonna kick off. It was all kind of built up in the um, the media. They were saying, oh, there's gonna be this big punch up and we we're thinking, yeah, you're gonna have it. So they had this this mob called the Black Army that were sort of neo-Nazis. And we decided that we were gonna go over there. It was all gonna kick off and we were gonna run and ragged and do what we usually did. Um, none of my mates could make it. So I decided to go on my own um, and just meet up with people out there that I could, yeah, just tag onto. So we got out there, um, we broke into the Olympic Stadium in Stockholm, and that's where we were sleeping. And sure enough, throughout that day, there was just kind of skirmishes, little fights, little sort of punch-ups and stuff. And then we got in the ground, um, the police herded us in, and England, as they usually do, they started winning and then they lost, and we were absolutely savage and we pulled the gates off and all ran out into the street. And we got out and there was a big fence separating us from the, the Swedish fans. And on the other side of the fence, I could see a few England lads getting a bit of a kick in. So I got started clambering up over the fences to, to get amongst it and I got down and <clears throat> I started punching this lad. And he started, I mean, it confused me a bit and I kind of, thought, you know, what's going on here? He started trying to do these, what looked like to me, like Kung Fu moves. And I was thinking, what are you doing? Anyway, I whacked him and he went down. I gave him a little boot and then ran off up the road. And we looted uh, a petrol station. Um, And as we were coming back down, there was loads of fighting. And then we got back to the bit where I'd started this, outside the stadium. And the lad that I'd hit was lying in the road And there were people still kicking him and still jumping on him, on his head. And I just thought, this is wrong. So I I went over and I stopped this lad. I said, what are you doing? You're gonna kill him. And it really affected me, it really upset me. And all the lads that I'd kind of hooked up with, they said, well, we're going into Stockholm to loot the shops. And I just thought, you know what, I've had enough. I'm I'm not gonna do any of that. So I went off to um, the back to the stadium and I lay down and I say that was my first spiritual experience I experienced evil and <clears throat> it scared me because I knew that I was completely and utterly defenseless there was nothing that I could do and so I got up and I decided I was gonna phone my mum Um, and so I had become Christian recently and I said to her look mum I um, I could do with one of your prayers, really. And she said, do you know what? We've had enough of you. And I said, what are you on about? And she said, we've seen you, we've seen what you've done. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, it was on the news. You were on the news, like the national news. And I said, well, we're doing what? And she said, kicking that lad. And that lad is now in a coma. And I was like, oh no, what, what are you on about? And she said, I will pray for you, but don't bother coming back to home because you're not welcome. You're You're a nightmare. And I just thought, right, okay, if you're there, God, if you're real, get me out of this, I'll never do it again. And I said that in my hooligan career quite a few times, I've got to say. Anyway, I managed to get out of the country. To cut a long story short, I got out of the country, I got back home. And for quite some time although I lost my job I lost my job I lost the place where I lived I lost my girlfriend or was living with it all went horribly wrong and things were going down and down so I ended up with nowhere to live and no job Um, and I did that for a couple of months and it was horrible being homeless was horrendous I hated it I managed to get back on my feet got a job again tried to sort stuff out and then my mates got into a bit of a bundle with some Russian sailors. One of the Russians got stabbed, ended up in court. The only nice person we knew was my mum. So we decided that we go to my mum and say, Look, can you do a, um, a nice sort of letter for court, a character reference? And my mum said, I'm not just going to give you a character reference. You know, you are urchins and you don't really deserve it but I will write something if you do something for the for the homeless in Bristol. So she'd started this charity working with homeless people. And I'd always had the kind of, the view that homeless people were utterly the worst kind of people, the scum of the earth, they took drugs, they were just wasters. And then when I got there, I thought, do you know what, they are exactly the same as me, these people. Anyway, I got in there, um, my us serving on tables and stuff like that. And I said to my mate, I said, look, if anybody says anything to my mum or swears at her, just, just bang him, just hit him. And it wasn't very long before it all kicked off in the Salvation Army, we'd had a bit of a punch up and got thrown out and banned from the Salvation Army because my mum was going to that church, which probably was not very good for them and getting people into their church. So I do apologise to Salvation you know mean? um, Army. <clears throat> when I was there, I met a girl who was a Christian and I took a bit of a fancy to her and I said, oh, do you fancy coming for a beer sometime? And she said, no, not really, like I'm a Christian. I said, that's all right, so am I. And she said, I, I don't think you are. I said, yeah, yeah, you're born in England, you're Church of England, didn't you? And she said, no, it doesn't really work like that. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, we have to make a decision. And I didn't really know what she was on about. I said, yeah, all right. And she said, well, I'll tell you what, if you come to church with me, I'll go for a pint with you. And I thought, never been to church, but can't say that long. And yeah, I'm up for that. So I ended up going to church. And when I got there, it was my worst nightmare come true. I just thought, oh no, what is this? They're all these happy, smiley people. who were trying to hug me and touch me and just be nice to me. I wasn't used to it and I didn't like it at all. And I was just unpleasant. I was very prickly indeed. Anyway, I sat in his church and the guy started speaking and I just thought, fit me, he's talking to me. He knows about my life. He is speaking all about me and it wigged me out. And we were on the end of a row and I had tears in my eyes and I thought, I just gotta get out of here. So I just got up and booted off. And I went to, there was a pub over the road that did rough cider, so I went in there, had a few pints of rough cider, had a few fags, chilled out and just thought, that was weird. And I went home. Anyway, the girl turned up and said, what happened to you? And I said, well, that church business isn't for me. And she said, well, you know, where'd you go? She said, just out, just not for me. She said, look, do you want to go for a drink or not? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. And she said, oh, good, because we've got another service tomorrow. If you want to go, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do church. And she said, well, are you scared? I said, like, I'm not scared of anything. And she said, okay, then we'll see you tomorrow. So I was like, mm, yeah, okay, then. So I ended up going back to church. This time, I'm sat in the middle of a row, same scene, same stuff going on, wigged me out didn't like it, felt very overcome with something, but didn't know what it was. I now know it was God, <laughs> finger in my collar. Um. Started crying, couldn't stop. And that was the thing I just thought, this has got to stop, like I'm embarrassing myself here in front of all these mugs and I don't like them as it is. Um. So I, what I did is I thought, right, okay, if I shut my eyes and put my hands together like that, they'll leave me alone, they'll think I'm praying because I thought that's what you did when you prayed. (laughs) And I must look absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, these two blokes came up and said, oh, hello, um, are you new here? And I was like, hmm. And he said, oh, can we pray for you? I said, you can do whatever you want, mate. And he said, well, what do you want? And I was like, well, nothing that you've got. And he said, well, why are you crying? And I just thought, do you know what, mate? I'm gonna break your nose. So these kind of imaginary crosshairs come up and I was just gonna headbutt him into next week, if I'm honest. But something stopped me. And he said, if you call on the name of Jesus, if you turn to God, your life will change. And I said, I don't know what you're on about. I don't know who Jesus is, really, I've heard of him. But I didn't know whether you were, you know, Jesus was born at Christmas, Easter, or anything else. I had no idea. Anyway. I did, I said, okay, God, I want all the anger and all the hate and all the pain in my life to go. And from that second on, I knew there was a God because my feet were whisked out from under me, literally. I, I, I didn't know anything about it, anything, but I knew that I was on the ground and I felt very, very different. Indeed, in I knew that my life had changed. And from that second on, I decided, right, I need to, if there's a God, then I need to serve him. I need to do something about it. Um, I can't be doing what I'm doing. And from, yeah, as I say, from that from that day, um, I was still pretty naughty, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I had a bit of a row at Bible school, which I'm not proud about, by the way. Um, and I was a bit of a nightmare in church, to be honest. Um, people, uh, yeah, probably found me quite difficult But I went through that. Um, I ended up working in a prison for 10 years as a prison chaplain. I worked in a church, um, I planted a church, and now I'm in the the Navy as a a Padre. Um, And that is, in a nutshell, my life. It's not over yet, but the scars that I have, you know, I've got a false eye socket, I've got cuts all over my hands, I've got a broken nose, false teeth. Those scars, those things are about remembering for me. I remember what my old life was like and how bad it was. And I remember what God's done for me and that he set me free and he's given me hope and I served the most incredible king there is. And life is exciting. You know, the club that I got banned from, Bristol Rovers, I was their chaplain for 14 years. I've had tea, like, with England players. I've had, you know, my heroes at Bristol Rovers come round my house. You know, God will do anything if you allow him and say, here I am, use me, send me, he will. My dream, my one dream in my life that I never got to do was to join the army. I wanted to join the army and I wanted to go and be a, a fighter, that's what I wanted to do. It didn't happen. And then when I was 53, 52, um, two years ago, I managed to, to to get in, well, God got me in, to um, do my training to join the Navy. I was the oldest person to pass out of um, Dartmouth Naval College. I, I found it hard, oh, don't get me wrong, Doing runs with 19 year olds is not my idea of fun. And I still have to climb ropes and do stuff now for my CO's fizz. I don't like it, I'm too old. But that is what God will do with you, if you let him. It's exciting. So when you remember, yeah, we remember today, we remember those men and women who've given their lives so we can have freedom. But on a personal level, I remember a God who set me free, who died for me, gave up everything for me so i can have freedom and i want to pass that on i want everyone to know that actually you can have freedom you can be set free jesus wants that for you because he loves you thank you thanks for listening god bless you and i one day to be able to see you in person Um, until then all the best god bless you I hope you've enjoyed this morning's message and found it helpful. We're just going to take a few moments to reflect on what we've heard. The Bible says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. So where do we need God's light in our lives right now? Maybe it's in the whole area of guidance and making decisions. Maybe you just need uh, assurance and encouragement uh, in a time of uncertainty. Uh, Maybe you need moral courage in the face of of temptation. So let's ask God to shine his light in our lives right now. And we're just going to take a moment to reflect. So let's do that.